Ow. Right in the kisser. Ow, right in the kisser. Power right, right in the kisser. Power right in the kisser. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Dudes and Bells Wrestling Podcast here on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and all your podcasting platforms. I am your host, Johnny Deathdrop, and boy, do we got a conversation to talk about in this episode, let me tell you. Before we get right down into it, of course, let's introduce the panel for this evening. On the top left, we have the one that lives way up there on the east coast of Maine, the inventor of the lighthouse grading system, the one and only, Coast Crusader. Happy Sunday, everybody. What a Sunday it is. We got a lot to talk about. There was a little shindig last night that the WWE put on, and there was a certain person who showed up at the end that I think we're going to talk about a little bit. On the top right, we have our resident masshole himself, the one and only, Marky Pins. That's right, I am the masshole, and I'll tell you right now, the fallout from last night's Extreme Rules was heavy. Speculation confirmed. He's here. And on the bottom, we have the one and only Sunday Night Savior, the other Jeff. Yeah, I turned on uh, the, the Extreme Rules last night. Uh, I came home a little late, caught it towards the end. Yeah, I watched and I was waiting to see if anything would happen with, uh, with this White Rabbit stuff, and then all of a sudden, I think it's going off the air, and... Like Mikey said, he's here. Pretty cool. Can't wait to talk about it. It was awesome. All right, as always, folks, this is an opinionated show. We are not experts in the least. We just talk about all the opinions and all the news that we see online. For our future disclaimer, let's bring it over to the one and only Coastal Crusader. The views and expression of the Dudes and Belts Wrestling Podcast are those of the dudes and only of the dudes. We are an opinionated show, and our opinions are that of us and only us. If you don't like it, too bad. Thank you. I love too it how you so sad. I well love said. it how you change it up that every was, week. It's fantastic. Well said. If you don't like it, too bad. Too bad. <laughs> so now the the disclaimer. Oh my god, I can't talk. The disclaimer is all set and done. Guys, we get to talk about WWE for the first time in a long time. Mm. We've, we've been very AEW heavy as of well, there's late. Been a lot going, there's been a lot going on over there, much more so. WWE had seemed to be stabilizing from a very tumultuous time over the last couple months, and AEW started getting really chaotic at was, very much the same time. I was about to say, Mark, you, you hit the nail right on the head there. It's, we didn't talk about WWE because it was stable, and it was running well, and it was just, okay, let's see where this goes. Meanwhile, the world's burning down. On the other side of the wrestling world, and it still and is. We talk. It really still is. the The inmates are running the asylum at this point, over there. Which I think a lot of us could have predicted. With more and more, we saw how Tony Khan acted, and 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 you know, it, even just his actions, not including like his wrestling related, just the way he is and his personality. I think we all saw that that was definitely at least a, a possibility of happening. Boy, guys, it's uh, it's getting a lot easier to see why Cody decided to step away and leave, huh? Well, to <laughs> me, to me, is it is this ha- did Cody leave because this was going to happen, or did this happen because Cody leave left? I mean, not yeah. to get too in the weeds, but yes, I think it was. I think Cody saw it happening and left, and I think that accelerated it through just threw gas on the fire at that point. All right, I'm sure we'll be talking about more of AEW 
in the weeks ahead because there's still stuff transpiring over there every week. And I'm sure we will pick up on it once we get the free time because next week's going to be a very different show as well. And we'll get into that towards the end. Um, but before we talk about, you know, what happened, the big thing that happened, we're going to give your guys' opinions on the show itself before we head into that realm of our discussions later on. I want to hear your good points, your positive points coming out of Extreme Rules. We're not going to go match by match because we're not one of those people that will go match by match and analyze every single match. We do that on the other product that we're partnered with, Rocky Mountain Pro. But for all the mainstream stuff, we're just going to pick points here or there. Uh, so, what are your guys' opinions on last night's Extreme Rules match? Uh, well, match I want pay-per-view. I'm sorry. Well, I, I want to start right at the front anyways, because that first match, the good old-fashioned Donnybrook had way, it was way better than it had any business being. I'm sure a lot of guys watched the pre-show and people looked at it like I did and be like, oh, okay, is this a filler match? We're going to open the show with something. And when you saw all the kind of the stuff in the beginning, you're like, okay, this could get real goofy quickly. But it certainly was not. That was a, hey, how about the rest of the crowd goes and try, or the rest of the guys go and try and top this. I felt bad for Liv and Ronda having to follow that because that match set off the night on a great foot. I could watch those six guys fight all day. It was one of my high points of the night. It set everything off great. And then throughout the night, it just seemed like everything built perfectly to the end. The fight pit match, I'll start, I'll bookend the show. Two of my high points was the opening and the closing. I thought that fight pit match was great. I thought Daniel Cormier got involved just enough um, that it didn't deter from it. And I that senton or broton that Matt Riddle hit, I really hope he did not break his tailbone because he either sold it incredibly well or he is in a lot of pain today. But those are two of my high points were the beginning and the closure. Well, not the real closure, but we'll get there. <laughs> I got to agree with um, the the opening match there, the Sheamus and the fellas against Imperium. Like I'm I'm old school Sheamus fan have loved Sheamus since the beginning. Even when we were supposed to hate him, he was just this big, nasty brute of a guy that came out and just beat people up. And now watching him with Gunter, the, the fact that this is still going on, it's still working. The fans are still highly invested and involved in it. Man, I don't think that we're done seeing Sheamus and Gunter going at it. We're not through seeing these teams go at it. And you're right. It set the night off on a wicked high note. Usually the six-man tag a lot of times is like a filler type of situation, but that's not what this has become between these two teams at all. This was a way to set the show off. I say it on Charged all the time when we're talking about Rocky Mountain Pro. I love when the show comes out with stupid, wicked high energy, and that's what we got. You're right. I think Ronda and, and Liv took the short end of the stick having to be right after that because the crowd was still so high, but they were still high during that match too. There was a lot of really good that came out of last, night, last night's match, but I still want to keep seeing more of Sheamus and Gunter as their lead, respective leaders going at it more into the future. And Sunday. So I kind of caught it halfway through the, the show, maybe a little more than halfway through the show. Had some stuff going on yesterday, but I... I hopped in and, and it was a little bit into the 
the Finn Balor Edge I Quit match, um, which I thought was really, really good. And it was, you want to talk about storytelling, there was a lot, a lot, a lot that happened in there. Um, you know, including seeing uh, Dominic attacking Ray and beating up Ray a bit. So that, that that's the beginning of something going down the road. You get Beth Phoenix back involved, you know, and Beth Phoenix and, and uh, you know, it, you know, coming in to, to help her husband and, and then going face-to-face with Rhea Ripley. That's like dream match type stuff. Somebody like Beth Phoenix and, and Rhea Ripley going face-to-face. So there's a lot going on there. And then, the and as you guys talked about, that fight pit match was fantastic. Um, and in Coastal, I don't think Matt Riddle's feeling a thing today. He probably took some herbal essences to... <laughs> To make it so, no matter how bad his tailbone is, is is messed up, I don't think he's feeling it at all. Bro, I have a tailbone. <laughs> bro, oh, I don't wait. even have a tail, man. I used to, bro. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore, bro. It's gone. Hated this. Yeah, but I broke yeah. this. So at some point during this week, I'll I'll hop back and watch the rest of the matches. I mean, sounds like that brawling brutes against Imperium match is really really good. So good. Uh, I'll go back and watch it. Yeah, uh, and it's not short either. I mean, they go hard for about fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and then you know, I'm curious. I was curious going into it about Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre in a strap match. So I'm curious how that how that ended up looking. You guys didn't mention anything about that, so it was honestly, good, but it, it was, was overshadowed. If it was on a different yeah. show, it might have been one of the top two matches on a night. But it, this was a show that had so many good matches on it that. I don't want to say it got lost, but there were so many other memorable moments that it didn't get its due. For as good as it was, it didn't get its due, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, It was stuck with a whole bunch of high-energy stuff, and that was more methodical, brutal, violent match. Not that the other ones weren't, but they told more story than this. It was really those two were just beating each other. It did further the Scarlet kind of getting involved, and the, the finish of it was very interesting. Um, to say the least. I won't ruin it for you Sunday. You haven't seen it. No. Um, I have a question about Judgment Day and the other people. And I talked about, before we went on, a little behind the curtain, talking about it's my favorite time of year. It's war game season. And if I could hear William Regal say it all the time, I would. <laughs> war, yeah, games. war games! War games! Um, now he says blood and guts, but we won't get that one. Um, but is this... With seeing Beth Phoenix, does this set up a Judgment Day versus Edge, Beth, Ray, and maybe AJ Styles or somebody else for a War Games match? I think so. You know, you you have the 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 factions that have the beef. There is a story. There's enough of a four on four to 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 warrant a War Games match, and. This is it would take an ultimate toll on Edge. I think he would have to be. I don't want to say protected, but he can't. He has to be last in. He has to be last in. He can't be out there jumping around the whole time like it's two thousand and three Edge. Like he can't Mm -hmm. be doing that stuff. But I think they could pull it off with the talent that's in the ring. They could further the Dominic and Ray storyline. We could further a little bit of like the power couple of Edge and Beth with Finn and Rhea, which I think we'd all love to see. Because Beth, mm-hmm. let's face it, she is still looking primo and ring ready to go. There is nothing that says that she could not come out and have great spots or even a whole ass match at some point against Rhea by herself. 
Well, think about it, too. You could start war games with Dominic versus Ray and give them five minutes in a double cage by themselves. I don't know if you give that away at the beginning. I think you want to build. No, no you do. And, and what you do is, little fantasy booking here aside, but then you have you have Finn and them. You have Judgment Day win the coin toss, and then Rhea comes in next. So then you have two minutes of Dominic and Rhea with just Ray. Or so, Rhea and her sub. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. so I think I, I just think it's too soon for that because I think uh with all the talk Ray said or he Ray's always said he's not gonna hit you know, not gonna fight Dominic, he's not gonna hit his son, like that, things like that. I I think what you do is you add, you know, Ray in later and have Dom, Dominic go to attack and Ray just not hit him. Mm. You know. But I, I, I what I think, I actually think this this sets up. I don't think they go war games with this matchup. I think they go traditional Survivor Series. Okay, I like that too. You Survivor know. Series is right around the corner too. Yeah, so yeah, well, that does. I mean, it makes it, sense. It, well, war games is going to happen at Survivor Series. So you do a, a traditional. You know, you still have to. I think they still should have have to happen. Uh, have a traditional Survivor Series elimination. You know, four and four, five on five. However, they want to do it. You have Dominic eliminate Ray. Yes, because Ray won't hit Dominic. Yep. Or Ray just lays down and gets bent. Or gets yeah. counted out. Kind of do like, it how like Undertaker what, did it with Kane for a long time. He wouldn't what, hit his brother. Right. Hit his brother. And then eventually he has no choice but to hit A WrestleMania match, which yeah. it started around this time because Kane's debut was 25 years ago around this time. And mm. then they didn't have the match until WrestleMania. So well, it's, you, same, it's also a way that, time. It's also a way to really pump the match at WrestleMania, assuming it happens there. And assuming that Ray is on the tail end, this is how you push Dominic. It's career versus career. Yeah. And Ray loses. And his son retires him and he gives the son he gives Dominic his mask. And yeah, Dominic goes in as a heel, but you kinda gotta turn him there. And you can you could have a um you could have a some sort of showdown during the rumble between mm-hmm. those two two. Even even that's where Ray One and two. Well Ray <laughs> No, Ray first hits Dominic, and he doesn't even do it on purpose. He's going to hit somebody else, yeah. and ends up hitting Dominic and, and eliminating him. And Don and Dom's like, "You said you were never going to hit me." And then Dom eliminates Ray afterwards, like mm-hmm. after he's been eliminated. Uh, uh, the Hogan spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can book this for hours, though. It's interesting. Uh, absolutely, we could. But long story short, Extreme Rules was very well done last night. And it's definitely a great storytelling and furthering of many storylines to come. Yeah, WWE storytelling and in-ring action has gotten, although their in-ring action I think has been really good all along, but their storytelling has gotten better and better and better. It's it's more, there's no, they're not jumping the shark or anything, not like, oh, this story didn't work this one week, let's change it. You know, yeah. that, that's, been right. their, that's been their problem for, for seven or eight years is, they don't let anything simmer. They don't, you know, they don't let anything, you know, it's like trying to cook dinner and wanting to be done in five minutes. You can't cook a steak in five minutes. You know, you got to let it cook. And <laughs> Some the, people would argue you can. Yeah. Well, those people yeah, like those it blue. People that get like tapeworms yeah. and shit when they eat yeah. raw steak. Those people like it blue. Medium rare is good enough. <laughs> no, I, and, and I agree. I, I really think for a long time they were just looking for the quick hitter something to launch them and they just weren't hitting it and it was taking away from things like we all know the fiend could have worked if it was booked differently the hurt business 
could have worked very well if booked differently. But there was no patience. We're seeing the fruits of long-term storytelling. Holy shit, is that a lost art now? But we're we're seeing it. Even when they were over, and they were over like crazy, The Fiend. Everybody was going nuts for The Fiend. Everybody was going nuts for the Hurt Business when it was at its peak. Dissolved. And just out of the way. just just Or the Hell in the Cell no contest. That was like the beginning of the end for The Fiend. And and it had nothing to do with The Fiend. That should have been what sent Seth Rollins to the damn moon. That he finally beat the fiend, incapacitated the fiend, and it would have shot him literally to the moon, and he could have he could have been a champion and all that other stuff. I don't understand where that went wrong, and there's still people debating that no contest finish in that hell in the cell as to how and even why. It it was silly, and it was very silly. And I know we're talking about the fiend, and and we'll get to what happened when the lights went out, real quick. I want to talk about one match that. I don't quite know what to think of, guys. I liked it. I liked the aggressiveness in it. But I just... Am I weird that Ronda Rousey doesn't do it for me in a wrestling ring? Nope. I don't think he me does neither. it for a lot of us. She... she it, And I, I know I have no business saying this. Because I'm just... I'm a pundit. This is my view. But disclaimer. She disclaimer. From, yeah. It's clever, but she to me, she takes away from whoever she is in the ring with because she doesn't sell and she's just she doesn't make me feel anything for her or the person in the match oh i just want to see her fail and i don't know maybe she's being a heel and that's what she wants with the whole crying thing she was doing last night and this is for me and i don't care about you but the problem is yeah that's exactly reality and we all know it so now People want to see you lose, and that's great, but they don't care about you. Like, Baron Corbin, we appreciate because Baron Corbin's a great heel because you care about how he is in the ring. You care if he wins or loses. Ronda Rousey, you just want to lose and be done with. That's my opinion right now. I don't want a title on her. I wish that they didn't do that. But unfortunately for Liv... She's not getting paid as much as Ronda, and we know that. <laughs> For me, that was the lowest point in the evening. Just partly, honestly, yeah, no, I, I agree. You guys that are making my know. my job a lot easier because that was my next question. You guys are already into it. Yeah. Your your low points of, ex- of yeah. extreme rules, if there is any. Ronda was, doesn't yeah. get me invested. I Thank see her you. as a Thank fighter. You. I don't see her as a performer. I see her as a fighter. And, and and I get it that it's a combat sport. Wrestling is, I understand. But Brock Lesnar did a thing years and years ago. He blurred that line between fighter and performer in a wrestling ring. And we accepted him as a wrestler because he became a very good performer. He could sell. I don't see that. I see colorful clothing. I see colorful makeup. I see a, a, a costume on Ronda Rousey. I don't see the performer in Ronda Rousey. I don't get invested in her in the ring at all. I wind mm-hmm. up, even if she's wrestling a, a woman who I am not a fan of, I am cheering for whoever that woman is just to beat Ronda because I don't like Ronda Rousey. Not as a person, as her character on television. Mm-hmm. I, I just I can't get invested. I've never been invested from day one. You know what it is for me, and, and real quick, Sunday, I'll let you touch on this too, but for me, it's 
Like, Liv went out there last night, and she worked her gimmick well, and I was invested as this is Liv Morgan going against Ronda Rousey. And to me, Ronda Rousey went out there and was like, look at me, I'm a UFC fighter. I don't respect wrestling, and I'm going to throw this person around and absolutely not perform. Like, it's so hard because we know it's, we know what it is, but Ronda makes it so blatantly obvious it takes away from the product, if that makes any sense at all. That makes all the sense. Like, I feel very much the same. I'm very much with you on yeah. that one, Gosal. Sonny, so, what's your thoughts about this? Well, so to be comparable to one thing you said, Matthew, where you said, like, how Brock kind of blurred that line a lot better than Ronda has. And another person you can take an example from is Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle is a legitimate yeah. fighter. Oh, goodness, he, yeah. Oh, he was and, a legitimate wrestler. But fight, but, but, yeah. Shoot fighter, like, not, yeah. not, you know. That's Daniel Huter. That's Daniel Huter if he's a shoot fighter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Lesnar's a shoot fighter. Uh, Angle I'll, was a shoot wrestler. Well, Angle was wrestler. Yeah. Still a fight yeah. though. It's it's still yeah. it's still shoot. It's shoot. It's it's for. But there it's, is a it, difference. It's not a story. In, yeah. There is a difference in cage fighting and ring fighting. The, the, I understand. There's, there's a big difference. But my point is, he 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 was a respected, you know, real shoot wrestler. Yes. And there's been plenty of those that have stepped in mm. and haven't made that great transition. Right. And he he came in and he was he he made fun of himself immediately. You know what I mean, and that that's en- mm-hmm. that's enough to win the crowd over. Like, all right, he's not taking himself too seriously, and I think people that's thought, what it is. People have thought Ronda's take, taking herself too too seriously, yeah. and I think I think that's the biggest thing. Her in ring obviously isn't at the highest level, but she was also facing Liv Morgan, who her in ring isn't at the highest level as well. So when you see Ronda face the Becky Lynches, the Charlotte Flairs, the the Bayleys, like you know those types that are very, very high level, Ronda seems to look better in the ring. So she needs she needs a little bit of a carry, but there's been plenty of mega stars that have needed some carry here and there. You know, here, here's my there's no mega star. No, no, here's, no, well she is in the world. In in, in that world, in the oh, cage world. Yes. No, in the world. Whether the cage world, the movie just just the world, she is a mega star. But you Steph- know, the world knows her. But Steph made her look good at WrestleMania in her first match. Steph makes a lot of people look good. Steph is really good in the ring. Steph looked good. Steph looked better than Ronda in that match. No, no, no. Wait, back that up. Steph looked <laughs> awesome in that match. And not Steph, just physically. with a, Steph, Steph, Steph looked good with the fellas. Yeah. Steph looked yeah. good with the fellas. That's you know, true. Steph, Steph's a good... good okay, so yeah, okay. Psychology-wise, yeah. I bet you Steph's probably the best psych, psychology-wise profe- female... Like wrestling, even though she isn't truly a wrestler, Steph's got the best psychology. From. Right, that's my point. <laughs> she's got the best psychology, maybe in the world for for a, for a female in the ring. But uh, my 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 point being that you know, like I said, Ronda needs a carry in the ring to to make her look more passable than than others. But there's been, like I said, plenty of other stars. There was a point in his career where Sting needed a carry in the ring, and I'm talking WCW. Sting needed a carry in the ring because he kind of went. Through the motions a bit and everything, and but he'd get in the ring with Ric Flair and he looked great. You get in the ring with Randy Savage, he looked great. So it's, I don't have a problem with her not being the best in ring performer as long as her character is better. And her character, I think, has gotten a little worse over the years. I think Ronda's character was a lot better two and three years ago, four years ago, than it is now. I, I think, think that plays in. That plays into what I want to say here. 
and it played exactly what you said, you know, but she's not willing in my eyes to get better. She just wants us to respect her because she's Ronda Rousey, UFC queen fight champion, Hall of Famer. That's great. I don't care. You didn't do that in an 18 by 18 at WrestleMania. I respect you for your first match at WrestleMania, but now you're disrespecting the business to a point, I think. And that's what bothers me, is she doesn't care about getting better in my eyes. Yeah, I, I, I can't say she doesn't care about getting better because I don't know personally to, to, to say that. But True. She to, hasn't it seems able, to me. She <laughs> hasn't been able to get better. Some people try and they just can't. You know, I know people that suck at math and they, they, and they study. You yeah, know what I mean? They don't go to math bees and win world titles. Ronda Rousey's winning world titles. But, but that getting better. But, same character, same. But one shoot, one's a work. Uh, a, a, a math competition is a shoot. This is a work. So the the, the difference is her being a champion with her name Does backing Ronda it. Know it's a work. Are you yes. sure Ronda knows it's a work? <laughs> yes. Are you sure about yes. Yeah, I, I'm sure of it. I don't um, know her personally. I don't. But if she didn't know it was a work, every everybody she's ever faced would leave with a broken arm, and they don't. So <laughs> you know, not only that, she would have never lost the match in the WWE <laughs> if she didn't know it was a work. Uh, but my 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 point is, her name still carries something. It's no different than you know, Logan Paul is main eventing a uh a, a the Crown Jewel event again for the WWE Championship against Roman Reigns. You you can say that, but his name is huge, and he's and he 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 draws eyes. And the whole point of what everything they do is to draw eyes. So. You know, and until he doesn't, then he's going to be in that situation. Same with Ronda. Until she doesn't draw her eyes, she's going to be in that situation. Do we have any other points? Nothing? Nothing low. It was a great show. It was a great show. Yep. I felt like the only other thing that you could honestly say maybe was... A lower point is that I, I I said it earlier that the carrying cross Drew McIntyre strap match I don't think got its due because of where it was on the card I think it was just in the wrong place and not that it was the wrong match for those two guys to have but it just didn't click with me personally with how big of an event it was seeing carrying cross with Drew McIntyre these two huge dudes beating the crap out of each other with the strap I, I still don't think it got what it could have got but even then it wasn't really a low point it was just something to mention i definitely think that triple h is extremely high on carrying cross especially after that match yeah can't wait to see the progress of carrying cross in the future all right let's get down to the meat and potatoes about this discussion shall we i love potatoes Mm, right. So we're going to so ask this question. We're going to do our ads, even though I'm not going to show ads again because I haven't got the new stuff yet. We'll go through our two or three minute ad breaks oh. of me just talking, and then we're going to pop one question, opinionated question at the end of the show mm-hmm. to really get you guys thinking a little bit. Now, everybody knows that Bray Wyatt has officially returned to WWE. He came back, made his return last night at Extreme Rules. 
during this recording. Now, did WWE do it right? And we'll go around the room. I loved everything about it. I'm happy it didn't interfere in any of the match. I liked how it was at the end. I thought everything about how it was put together was perfect because it kept you guessing the whole time. I thought when they when they went around and they showed all the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse characters in the crowd and they hit the Fiend, I thought it, when they cut, I'm like, okay, that's the end. And they kept giving me more. And I am so happy that it is Eater of Worlds Bray Wyatt with the lantern and the prophesizing, and I can't wait to hear the promos. Don't get me wrong, The Fiend was a great concept. It's just not sustainable for five or six years, like I believe The Eater of Worlds is. I just think this is... This should be, because they did it so well. WWE put this together so well. The package, this needs to be a wake the hell up Tony Khan moment because you are now taking on a lot of water and WWE is clicking. And this was showing that they're getting stronger and stronger. And I loved everything about how Bray Wyatt came back last night. I have to absolutely agree with all of that. The, the teases and then all of the different characters and such. And then seeing him with that mask on, that new looking mask mm -hmm. which which by the way speaking of mask i got a, one more low point of the evening was finn balor's mask it was terrible i hated it he looked like pinhead from hellraiser i didn't like no, it. No, he, he he looked like great value demolition it was so bad <laughs> it was so bad it was so bad but no the the new mask and him taking it off and everybody in the crowd going nuts and and i'm here and blowing it out and just fade to black dude I don't think you couldn't have done it any better. I'm I'm happy it wasn't like, you know, music hits and he comes to the ring and all that stuff. It leaves me hungry for more. I want to see more. I need to watch Raw on Monday. I don't think they could have done it any better. You talk about storytelling. We got the beginning of the story of this redemption. And when we saw The Fiend, I was very in Coastal Shoes. Like, there we are. There he is. He's going to pull the mask up or something like that. Mm -hmm. But... I, I really think that, like, the fiend going forward, if Bray's going to be around, now we don't know because we haven't heard anything, but we will probably hear something tomorrow night on Raw. But that needs to be used sparingly. It's very difficult to have the fiend be the only character because the fiend really doesn't talk like that. The fiend, it's mm -hmm. hard to make that guy the champion. Yowie, wowie. It's very, right. It's wicked mm -hmm. hard to make him be that high level of a figure that he should be but inside the mask of this demonic possessed individual. Eater of Worlds always cut the best promos. It was the scariest of the incarnations as far as I'm concerned because you didn't know what you were going to get today. You didn't mm -hmm. know if it was going to change it to tomorrow. The Fiend, I think, is still viable in his future, but it has to be used sparingly. Very much like the demon, Finn Balor's demon used to be used in sparing moments when you wanted that extra emphasis, that extra crowd pop. Instead of seeing Balor coming out with the leather, you saw him crawling out as the demon with the hair and the tongue hanging out and stuff. I think the Fiend Bray Wyatt is still very, very vi viable, but Eater of Worlds is the character going forward that I think we've all been hoping for. And I, I do agree that they did a 
a really really good job with the, the lead up to it. They 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 didn't they didn't hot shot it. They didn't do it super quick. They didn't make it take forever where people stopped caring about it. They 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 timed it out just right. Um, the only thing I I would have done some sort of physical altercation if I was you know booking him. It wouldn't have been him just coming out of a door and that's it. I would have had him attack somebody something. Uh, but I, I I'm assuming that'll be uh, a Monday night thing where they. Yeah, well that you know, he's got you got to start a feud somewhere. Um cuz just ha- cuz enough of just seeing him on, it's going to that'll grow stale too without seeing him like people going to want to see him fight. Um I do like that it's more either uh either a worlds than it is uh Firefly Funhouse. Um I do want to see the fiend. Uh so whether it's fiend shows up in the the big the big pay-per-views or whatever, uh, something like that. But uh, the 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 fiend to me is is more than what the demon fa- Balor is. I, I think it's more more of like I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like is it, it's uh it's got like a cult following type of thing, and it, it we didn't get to see it done the right way the first time around, and now they can fix that. Um, they they have a second chance at it. So Eater of Worlds is the talker, Fiend is the fighter. Um, and maybe even do it to the point where Eater of Worlds is the one sets up a feud, does the attacking, all this stuff. And then when the match happens, you don't even know it's going to be the Fiend, but it, the Fiend shows up. Something like that would be cool. But, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's a main event caliber, you know, character that's going to be back on TV. And it, it's somebody that is going to be a legitimate top guy that could take the belts off of Roman. So it puts another one of those names out there. Like, cause how often do we go through who do you think could uh, could take it from Roman at this point? And, you know, we'll, do, we'll go the obviously Brock and Drew and, you know, maybe Karrion Cross now and, and all this stuff, but now, and, and you know, Kevin Owens, but now Bray Wyatt gets added to that mix as well, too. So it kind of muddies the water, which is good. I didn't realize how much I want to see Cody Rhodes versus Eater of Worlds Bray Wyatt until I just thought about it. And the story, the story you can tell where he could just talk in riddles and make Cody second guess himself and his legacy and try and draw him in. Like, it's almost that Daniel Bryan storyline from way back when. But I think it would, I think Cody would be better at the storytelling aspect of it. You could draw up a whole program with them based on old legacy, second generation, all this Mm. stuff, families and the business and things. And that's what made Cody go to the good because he wanted. And then, but that's also could be what twisted Bray to the bad. Mm. You know, you, you just, the possibilities are endless now, endless now. And I still have hopes. I still want to see a demon versus fiend match at some point in time. I Mm -hmm. want to see that. I just, just the wrestling fan in me. Is it logical? Probably not. But do I just want to see it? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Sorry about that. All right. You all right? Yeah, I know. I just yawned at the worst time. Oh. It happens. Sorry we bore you. Yeah. <laughs> um, great conversation keeping you awake, huh? All right. It's ad time, folks, and since we don't have any video footage to show you guys, I'm going to have to do everything myself. So, a word from our partnered 
uh, channel, Rocky Mountain Pro. Dun, dun, dun. Rocky Mountain Pro Charge. Every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time over on twitch.tv slash Rocky Mountain Pro. Every week there is a brand new episode that comes out. We are less than a week away from Shocktober. So if you want to check out Rocky Mountain Pro, make sure you check them out at twitch.tv slash Rocky Mountain Pro. Or on youtube.com slash Rocky Mountain Pro as well. As those episodes will be live on both platforms at 9 Thursdays, Rocky Mountain Pro Ignition, the only live interactive wrestling show on the interwebs. Always live in front of your face, live on twitch.tv slash Rocky Mountain Pro as well on Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's when the bell rings. And of course, after every one of those shows, make sure you stick around on Rocky Mountain Pro's channel for our other shows that we do during the week, Dudes and Belts Recharged and Reignited, both shows following those episodic shows at 10 p.m. Mountain Standard Time or midnight on the East Coast, or depending on where you are around the world. Uh, this week coming up, ladies and gentlemen, is a big week for Rocky Mountain Pro as they have their annual fall event, Shocktober. It is their last pay-per-view event of the year. Friday, October 14th, doors open at 6 p.m. for VIP matches. And the general admission doors open at 6.45 p.m. with the bell time at 7 p.m. You're going to see wrestlers like... Ring of Honor star Sledge, Lucha Underground World Champion Mari the Moth Casaus, also former Ring of Honor star Dax Draper will be making his return to Rocky Mountain Pro as this is where he first originated from. And of course you have a legend Sin Bodhi, former WWE superstar will be there as well. Postal, it's okay. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. It was it was a year ago. It was like a year and a half ago. You're fine. It's okay. He's still behind you, but it's okay. All right. The following night, Saturday, October 15th, they will be taping 12 new episodes of Rocky Mountain Pro Charge that you guys see on Tuesdays. First set of tapings start at 1 o'clock, and it goes till 4 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and then the second set of tapings Doors open at 5.30 with the bell time at 6 o'clock, and that goes till 9 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, the following day, they also have a seminar at Rocky Mountain Pro in the Al Snow Wrestling Academy over there in Inglewood, Colorado. Uh, they will be having, I do believe, D'Lo Brown, Josh Matthews, Daniel Spencer... And I forget the other one off the top of my head. I was doing so good up until now. Sin, Sin, Sin Bodhi himself Bodhi. has volunteered yep. to be a part of this seminar as well. And that starts, I do believe, at where is the time? How come this doesn't have a time? I did have a time before, and it's just not showing. I believe it starts at noontime. And it goes all the way till, I believe, 3 or 4 p.m. Oh, it's, it's, is it a.m.? We did the last one at Milestone. The seminar was at 10 a.m. Yeah, I think it's 10. I think it's 10 to 2. All right, so it's 10 to 2 a.m. to p.m. Mountain Standard Time. 2170. Now, how come there's no address here? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. 2170 West Yale Boulevard. West Yale. 
Colorado. Always up to no good. So they have a jam-packed weekend. If you want to be a professional wrestler or a referee or commentator or production, Al Snow Wrestling Academy, Rocky Mountain Pro has it all for you. It's your one-stop, one-stop shop to begin your wrestling career. Now, let's get to our show. Dudes and Belts is live every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As a matter of fact, as we are recording this episode, we have an active chat over here. They're watching our recordings live. You can be there, too, every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on Twitch.tv slash Rocky Mountain Pro. And we also do something a little bit special for everybody in chat here on Twitch as we also do a Dudes and Belts After Hours segment for our Rocky Mountain Pro Faithful here on Twitch. So, you guys want to come by and watch our recordings live? That's where we are every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I believe that is it for me. Is that it? I think that's it. Uh, There's got to be more than that. Oh, actually, there is more, as a matter of fact, well, because yeah. I believe next Sunday we are going to be reviewing Shocktober. Oh, how could I forget where the listeners and the and the and the people who want to watch the product are going to watch Shocktober? Shocktober is going to be live on Fight TV, baby. Fight TV. Yes, F I T E dot com slash Rocky Mountain Pro. There will be a link provided. In all of our uh, podcasting platforms and on YouTube, when this video format goes out on there, there will be a link going straight into Rocky Mountain Pro's page. You can pre-order ahead of time and or you can buy it that night and watch it live as it happens. Or if you are not going to be able to watch it, maybe you're not around, maybe you're out on town or doing whatever on vacation. You can order it and then watch it whenever you want, because once you buy it, you have it. That's the beauty of Fight TV. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's only twelve ninety nine. So the link will be provided in all platforms, including YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and every other podcasting platform out there. There will be a link provided. Okay, I'm done. You, you don't do that well. I don't do well. <laughs> so many ads. No. No, 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 no. You do the ads well. I'm just saying about all the podcasting platforms. Well, because I wasn't planning on having to say that again until at uh, the end of the show, and then I was going to bring it to your ASMR voice again. But well, I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Just, just enjoy its sulk and the greatness, my friend. Ask, bask in the glory of the <laughs> ad information. Glorious. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Let's continue on with the show. We do have one more thing to talk about, as it does involve Bray Wyatt, who made his mm. return last night. Here's a question for you guys to think about. There's been a lot of recent returns. And I'm going to take one from each brand. Which return is going to have the bigger impact in the future of one's company. Soraya or Bray Wyatt? I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt. 
for the fact of if you had mentioned Kenny Omega and his comeback that he's doing right now, I would have been more apt to maybe err on that side because that means something to that company. Soraya is a draw, yes, uh, but she's not going to factor into the overall success rate of AEW. Bray Wyatt is going to factor into the overall success rate in WWE. He is a main event talent. He is going to be on your TV as much as possible, I have a feeling. And I don't think he goes to Roman right away. I think they set him up. I think he just appears for a while. I honestly don't think you see Bray Wyatt get in the ring before. Maybe he's in the Rumble. I I don't know if he's in Survivor Series. I don't know. I think they're going to mind game him a little bit there now. But I think he is the big... I I honestly think out of those two, he's the bigger return because he's going to factor into more of how you consume and enjoy WWE. I mean, there's no doubt that Soraya is a big impact Mm -hmm. in AEW, okay? Like, coming in to the women's division and being that motivational veteran in the back, she's going to have a lot of information from some of the younger ones. But I think a direct up for the company right now that's going to be on TV moving forward making the product better is is leaps and bounds Bray Wyatt right now people have been itching and clawing at the bit to see him again on TV because we the last time we saw him was that Wrestlemania match against Randy Orton and we know that didn't go very well so now new focus new owner new direction Bray Wyatt comes back and I think the sky is the limit for him right now I do think Soraya eventually is going to hit a limit in AEW I don't know where that limit is for Bray Wyatt right now. His character lends so many options for advancement in so many different directions that I just don't think Soraya would bring to an AEW. Bray Wyatt is so multi-talented, multi-faceted, and multi-charactered, if that's a word, because it is now. Uh, You have so many different avenues of advancement with Bray Wyatt that you just don't have with Soraya, in my personal opinion. Sonny, anything? To me, it's it's. I mean, it's a little. It's simple. It, it is. It's Bray, and it's going to be hard to argue with the other side. Soraya is obviously fantastic. I think most of us, if not all of us, are we're big fans of her before her injury issues. Um, but I think coming back, she is going to be limited by you know by the injuries that she's had in the past, uh, and then just and the fact that I don't want to sound like you know a bigot or anything here, but. Overall, men's wrestling is bigger than women's wrestling. It's like statistically a fact. You know, you look at ratings and things like that. And not to downplay what the women have done, especially over these past 10 years or so, where they've taken themselves from being just, you know, as Mark used to call it, the, the, the bathroom or cigarette break, to like, we want to watch this. Uh, and they've done a very good job of that. But it's still just not going to be as big as most of the time. Not going to be as big as the the men. We've seen women main event WrestleMania and pay per views and such, but it's still what eighty five nine percent of the time it's it's the men main eventing, and it it just carries a little bit more weight that way. But and and like you guys said, Bray's a bigger character overall. He's got a lot of a lot of angles to play as a character. He has a lot of range. He can he, he, so it's. They can use him so he could be a face, he could be a heel, he could be a tweener, he can be everything in between. He's he he can be a main eventer, he could have a title, he could never touch a title and still be a main eventer. Uh, it's there's just so much to, to be done with him. He they can make him this generation's undertaker. All valid points. 
And we gotta mute this guy because we're almost done. Alright. Now, real quick, before we wrap up the show, let's go back to the Ronda and Liv match. We saw at the end of the match Ronda winning and Liv smiling. Very weird. Your thoughts, real quick, on that. Because I, I knew somebody was spamming it in chat. And it was actually a valid point. So we're going to use it in our show. See, I told you, chat. You never know when I we're going to take your points. I think it's great storytelling. I really like it. And it leads to the fact that Rhonda still didn't make Liv tap. She didn't tap. She passed out. And I think that's what she's smiling about is she still didn't get me. Um... I think that's what it's going forward. And I honestly, I live is done very, very well. Not super looked at well as a championship reign. I've enjoyed it. I like her character. I think her time with the belt was, was worth it for her. I, I didn't really, I, I, now that coastal says that the fact that, you know, she said she was going to tap her, but she didn't. She passed out. That does make extra sense. I didn't know exactly why she was smiling when I saw it. I was just kind of figuring that maybe she had another plan up her sleeve. But then again, she lost the title. I don't know if now she's going to try to make Ronda's life hell now that she is the champion. Or if it was just, yeah, maybe you beat me, but you didn't beat me how you wanted to. Maybe that little part of it I didn't understand. But Coastal, you clear that up pretty good. I'll go with that. And Sunday. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could see that, or I could see it be, like, a little bit of a character change coming in, in, in Liv, where she's going to get a little more crazy and a little, like, just keep keep kind of going off the deep end a little bit. You know, she lost that title that, that was so, you know, I mean, set meant so much to her, and now it's going to be, like, you know, her kind of losing it a little bit. Uh, I could see it going that way as well, too. What is he doing? I'm sorry, folks. We do have Triple I coming on a little bit earlier than expected, and he's he's a part of Dudes and Belts After Hours here on Twitch. But you know what? We'll we'll have him give his thoughts on this <clears throat> current situation. Now, Triple I, real quick, your thoughts on Bray Wyatt's return? Did WWE do it right? Yep. So actually, what I was going to do, Johnny, is I wanted to tie the two together. So I didn't I didn't have a chance to watch Extreme Rules last night. Uh, I was busy, but obviously I heard what happened. And with the Liv Morgan, what I think is going to happen, I'm sure you guys have read the you know we're all fans. We we read the news channels and had and things to that nature. She lost the belt, okay, and she she didn't tap out, and she eventually has to wrap up her program with Ronda Rousey if it hasn't been wrapped up already. Uh and let's say it is there's there's rumors and news that since Bray Wyatt came back, I'll get to that in a second, that Bo Dallas might come back as well, his real life brother. Bo Dallas is married to Liv Morgan in real life. So maybe Liv Morgan and Bo Dallas join Bray Wyatt into like a new faction or family or however you want to call it. Uh however you how, however you wanna uh however you want that to materialize and let it play its course, uh, however you want it to form. You know, I'll let you guys run with it. But that's what I think could happen, and that would make for a great and intriguing storyline and TV as well. Uh, that's what I think. That's what I think should happen with Liv Morgan. 
I just make her, she's hot right now, right? So make her stock even rise a little bit more. You know, Rhea Ripley's in the Judgment Day, right? Her stock's rising even more so by being with that. Do the same with Liv Morgan. And she's going to get the rub being with Bray Wyatt, obviously. As far as Bray Wyatt returning goes, oh, I not a negative thing to say about it. Was not it done one. right? Yes. I, I, yep. I did that. So it's funny. It's funny, Johnny. I came home last night. And when I came home, I, I popped on Extreme Rules. The last second, the last thing I saw was the Bray Wyatt. That, that's all that I saw. L- l- literally. I think it was done right. Um, it, it shows, hey, concrete and definitively, yes, I am back. It, it is me. I'm back. But I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to rustle. I'm not going to align myself with, with anyone or, or anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that to your imagination. I'm, I'm going to tease you with it or whatever. So it leaves the fans wanting more. And it worked out to perfection, Johnny. Was it done right? Did you hear the pop? Did you hear, did you hear the chance? holy shit, holy shit? They did it perfect. People went nuts. They went nuts. 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 And, and if they do this right, he, in my opinion, he needs to be on Raw. He cannot be on SmackDown right now. Uh, put him on Raw. Uh, they desperately need another, like, intriguing, hot storyline, act, group, wrestler, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's what you need. Put actually, him on Raw right now. You actually brought up a good point about Liv and Bo. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and I think that you... Right, and if you... and Again, I know, and maybe, maybe I'm contradicting myself, boys, because last week I said with Bray Wyatt, bring up Joe Gacy and the Dyads. Uh, you could do one or the other, like Gacy and the Dyads or Liv and Bo, or do them all. I, I don't know. Whatever. I think I think Bray should definitely form some type of cult following with, with, with his return. So it, Not was, all so it was best for business, basically. It was very good for business. Yeah. What the fans wanted. And look what happened when WWE gives the fans what they want. WWE becomes awesome. Well, I think I think Triple H is doing a phenomenal job. And to me, I Marky, I maybe you'll I don't know if you'll agree with me on this because you're you're the biggest person. Um you're you're the most how am I saying this? You're the you're the person that that we need to be influenced the most to be to to change their mind. But you haven't watched WWE in a long time. I remember you saying that about a year ago or so. It had been a couple years since I was like faithfully yeah. watching it week in and week out. And now, like, I don't catch all the pay-per-views because I'm at work a lot of the times, but I'm, as much as I can, going home and watching Raws, watching SmackDowns, watching as much of it as I can to find out what's going on. Because it is getting better. Exactly. The characters are getting the, mm-hmm. the against the other people that we've wanted to see. The storylines are congruent. Like Sunday and everybody was saying here before, it's not like Hotshot Booking where if it doesn't work for like 16 minutes, they stop and they change everything. They're giving things time to simmer, time to marinate. They're giving us time to think about these stories and move them forward. They didn't just tease a couple things for a few weeks and when it didn't get as hot as they wanted, they were like, ah, the hell with it, we're not gonna do this. They kept carrying forward and moving. Well, well the, you're right, 99% of it. There's, one, there's actually a, something that you just said that I don't, that's, I don't agree with. Okay, but, so say no. it, what is it? I'll get, that in, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll get to that in two seconds. I just want to say it's the fact that Mikey Pins is not to tune into WWE programming after tuning out for two plus years. That tells you guys something right there. At least two years. So that, that tells you something. Uh, to, back to that point I was going to say before I forget it. 
uh, with a you know, there's a storyline that actually wasn't working the best for uh, for what's his name, Max Dupree. Oh, I said that really nice. Oh, I have a nice, I have a nice student voice. I really, yeah, Max Dupree. So that Save wasn't it for working 10 out. minutes from now, please. That wasn't working <laughs> out for him. That wasn't working out for him with the, the the male maximum models and all and all that. So they're actually trying to pivot him, as you guys have seen and followed uh, him back to his LA Night roots from NXT days. And to me, thank God, because that guy is gold on the mic. Uh, he's got the look. He's a great wrestler, and he was so even before he came to WWE as well. So the fact we're going to pivot him back to LA Night that. It creates so many more feuds, guys. Whether he's a heel, a face, or whatever, it's a, it's more feuds, it's more storylines, and it's another solid guy on the mic. That's huge. Mm -hmm. So that's the one example where it wasn't working for those 16 minutes like you talked about, and they realized it, and they pivoted away from it. But that's a good thing, though. That's a good it thing is. that they pivoted away. Certain things. Certain know, not things. Like, not like when the Hurt Business was kicking ass and everybody loved it, and then they just turned on each other one night that was stupid right it was they were at their peak dude like everybody was loving it mvp was kicking ass as the mouthpiece and then it just broke up yep what are you doing i, oh, I know all right if nobody else has anything to say final thoughts before we sign off very intrigued to watch raw tomorrow night Everything seems to be going in the right direction for uh, the world wrestling entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here thinking right now that it's only a matter of time that we keep seeing Roman Reigns with two belts on him. Mm. There's stars coming. There's people coming back. There's people who are invested. Please split those titles up sometime very, very soon. Please, 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 please. please. Including USA, who's coming for their belt back, too. Please, please <laughs> split that up. Please, can we split that up? All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this episode of the Dudes and Belts Wrestling Podcast. Before we sign off, we got to hear the ASMR voice of Coastal Crusader just one last <laughs> time. You can listen to the Dudes and Belts Wrestling Podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, uh, Breaker, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to your podcast mediums. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching on YouTube. We will be back next week for another episode of the Dudes and Belts Wrestling Podcast. We're getting ready to go into our Dudes and Belts After Hours now on twitch.tv slash Rocky Mountain Pro. Until then, folks, stay safe, stay classy. We'll see you on the next one.